Hey there, this is Amanda from She Owns, and you're listening to the She Owns Podcast, the show that helps you own your past, your present, and your future for people who want to live their lives in a more intentional way. Today we're talking about self-worth with Jen Vertnan, who weathered a perfect storm that led her to finally find her self-worth in her mid-40s. Jen, thank you so much for being here with me. And I know you know we you know we're gonna talk today about self-worth, and I don't necessarily have an initial question to ask you to get us rolling. Um, but I guess let's just start with in terms of self-worth, what do you where do you think that most people are um like lacking it? Like where does it show up most for them? I guess that's my oh my, my goodness, that's question. a great opening question and thank you for having me I'm excited to be here yeah, I'm super you know excited. when I think of self-worth I think of the fact that this is not something we're taught how to do and so and without self-worth or you know if you're if you're not feeling super worthy yourself it bleeds into every aspect of your life from how you parent to how you be in a partnership to how you be in friendships to your relationship with yourself, which I personally believe is your most important relationship, to how you show up at work as a leader, a boss, etc. It just bleeds into every facet of a person's life. And again, going back to, we're not taught this, right? And we have, I love the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. We have a whole bunch of hurt people walking around on this hurt earth that are hurting other people, not necessarily nefariously. It's just, it's a lack of awareness, right? And a lack of self-worth. Right. Do you think that there is the possibility of like having self-assurance, but still not having self-worth? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, when I, I'm going to say yes, based on my own experience, because when I struggled with self-worth, I was very self-assured. Now one could argue um, that that was false bravado. It very much could be. Um, I think it was a blend of assurance and bravado and ego in there too. Yeah. Well, I think I asked that question specifically because I think that's where I am right now. Like mm-hmm. I am fully confident in my own decisions and I'm fully confident in what I'm capable of, but I don't always, I, I don't know. I just don't always feel like, I don't know how to explain it other than that. Like yeah. I'm very self-assured, but when it comes to my self-worth, there are, yeah. and maybe it's just like patterns that I've, you know, that have are the result of trauma or the result of just my childhood or just these things that I, you know, get in my head about and then yeah. just takes you down the wrong rabbit hole. And yeah. so what are your um, best tips for increasing your own self-worth? Like how do mm. you, how do oh, you gosh. Do it? My story is a bit dramatic and I don't know if we're going to go into it. We don't necessarily need to, but I, I literally, I had a perfect storm and I won't go too deep into it, but I had a perfect storm in 2015 that had me questioning everything in my life, everything, every bit and piece of me, including my ego that had gotten me by up till that point in time. Um, and I had to flip a switch and tell myself, no, you are worthy. And I think that that rock bottom moment of questioning absolutely everything and having to rebuild myself from the inside out, I had to do it from a place of love, self-worth, et cetera. So I just, I, I decided 
And I know that's easier said than done. I decided from, from one day forward, I am worthy. Um, and I think that, you know, that's one way to do it. <laughs> that's the way I did it. And yeah. eight years later, it's, it's definitely worked for me. So if you're a person who can kind of make a, a decision like that and stick to it, that's one way. That's the only experience I've had. So I don't feel like I have other tips I can give on how to do that. Other than, you know, if we tell ourselves something, we find evidence for it, Right. And so even if I didn't believe I was worthy at that moment, because I was telling myself that my brain was finding evidence for it, instead of saying, oh, I'm not worthy, um, my brain would find evidence to support that thought, right? Right, right. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And I do think that I'm, I'm at a point where I'm wondering more if like, you know, people talk about affirmations and how well they work and whatnot. And I think that they do work, but I think that it also doesn't work as well for everybody. Cause I'm sure there are millions of people out there who are just like you, who can be like, I am worthy. And that's it. That's mm-hmm. all I have to do is keep telling myself I am. And other people that they'll be like, Oh, that's not going to work for me. Well, <laughs> but I think the important thing here, and I didn't touch on it is that you have to follow through with action. You, right. you can tell yourself something, but then you have to act from the place as if, right. And you might right. not believe it yet, but you can be acting. You can be, I don't, I don't, pretending is the word that's coming up. I don't like that word in this case, but you being as if, right. right. And, and, kind and of make it till you make it kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. But without action, like you can't think your way through this stuff. Mm-hmm. You absolutely cannot. And that's where the affirmation comes in, right? They have to go hand in hand. You have to be telling yourself one thing and you have to be following it up with action. Right. Okay. One of the things that I just realized about myself in the last maybe 24 hours is it's been roughly a year since my dad passed. And it was a very turbulent relationship here in the last 20 some years in that he, I guess he was a secret alcoholic my whole life. None of us knew it until I was probably almost 30 before we realized what was actually going on with him. And it had been going on since he was a teenager, but he was really good at hiding it. And he, since the moment of my birth, had an unaltered like belief in me that I could do and be anything that I wanted. And it made it like literally infused it in me. And even though we were not like, I honestly feel like he, the dad that I grew up with died a long time ago. And then this other guy just kind of looked like my dad, but was a total asshole. Um, (laughs) So like, it's not that I wasn't sad when he passed. I was, but it it was like, you know, my dad was still there somewhere. And now that he's gone, I'm really actually struggling with like, was he right? Like, can I do anything? And I don't think I realized how impactful his belief in me was until like just the last 24 hours. So that's one thing that I'm going through is like, you know, I can believe, I can still believe in myself, even if he's not here. (laughs) And even if nobody else believes in me, I can still believe in myself. Well, that's where, you know, I said earlier, I do firmly believe that the relationship we have with ourselves it informs our reality. It's not everything, right? But it does greatly inform the reality that we exist in. And so part of that 
you know, and it's an ongoing thing. Like I'd say I have a pretty good relationship with myself now. I didn't always, I used to be full of self-loathing, but I've really worked at it these eight years, but I don't, I don't see that ever being done. Cultivating this, this self-trust, the self-worth, the self-awareness, the self-belief, all of those things. Yeah. Um, How do you think that the way that other people perceive you impacts your self-worth. So like if you are, Mm. you're told all the time that you're too much and and things like that, and you start diminishing yourself to make other people around you happy, like how Mm -hmm. do you break out of that? (laughs) You may or may not like my answer. I'm going to go back to thoughts and action Mm -hmm. um, and finding evidence, right? right? And I think it's like having that awareness that, okay, this is my starting point. This is, this is how I believe myself to be. Um, recognizing that again, going back to hurt people, hurt people, like, um, they're going to have, you can't control someone else's perception of you. You absolutely cannot. Right. Mm -hmm. And hurt people, hurt people. So you have all these people that are telling you all the shoulds and where you're too much and not enough. And, you know, and I believe you have to decide if you're going to listen to that or not. Right. Right. And again, for me, I had to hit kind of rock bottom in my personal life before I made that switch. What I would love others to do is to like hear this conversation and be like, Oh wait, I've really been crapping. I've been shitting on myself. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to work on stopping doing that. Right. It might not happen overnight. Absolutely. It will not happen overnight, but I'm going to start. Right. And I'm going to allow it to be imperfect. And sometimes I'm going to be really mean to myself and I have to accept that that comes along for the ride, right? Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm going to try to be better to myself more often than not. That makes sense. One of the things that it, I'm, it's harder for me now because my daughter and my, you know, all of my kids are gone. Well, not all of them. I have three kids. It's, I, it makes it sound like I have a dozen. Um, two of my three children are, you know, grown and moved to college or, you know, in their own apartments, whatever. And I still have one at home, but he's never here and he doesn't mm. listen to anything I say anyway. But specifically my daughter, a few years ago, I saw something um, saying, you know, the way you talk to yourself is the way your daughter is going to talk to herself. And that really impacted the way that I was thinking about myself. But now that she's gone, it's harder for me to maintain (laughs) Now that she's like on her own. It's like really hard to maintain those thoughts when I feel like, you know, shit sometimes. So yeah, I was, I'm an empty, a new empty nester. My daughter is my last one to leave the nest of my three. And back in 2015, when I had that rock bottom moment, um, she was, Parenting her was such a huge part of my healing from childhood traumas, abuses, what have you. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Like I had to train my brain to think, how would I want her to feel? What what counsel would I give her if she were in the same situation? If she felt this way inside about herself, how would I try to help her? And then I turned that back on me, right? Easier said than done. But again, it's training the brain to find those opportunities and not just letting it run on autopilot and shitting on yourself. Right. So you do a lot of coaching. Yes. Yep. Okay. So what do you, how do you approach this topic with your clients? Like if they're like, have really low self-worth, what, are, what's like your best tip for them? <laughs> Ooh, um, my best tip. Oh, how to answer it's part of the process. Um, and I know that that's not a really, really a tip, but 
bear with me here. It's part of the process of peeling back the layers, right? Finding what's lurking in the shadows. It's listening to that inner critic, like really paying attention to it over a period of time, right? Mm -hmm. And then evaluating it from a perspective of non-judgmental, just a, a, a perspective of objectiveness, right? And like not tying an emotion to it, not making it good, bad, right, or wrong, acting as an, uh, an, a, a detective as you go about and, and collecting this evidence, if you will, right? And mm-hmm. then looking at that evidence and saying, asking yourself, like, where is that coming from? Whose voice is it? Is it a mother, a teacher, a, a father, a, you know, nosy neighbor, <laughs> That's all up in your business. Like, and then asking yourself, like, okay, is this something that is true? Do I have, is there evidence that I can use to refute it? Right. Um, and then is this something that I want to carry with me? So it's bringing that intentional awareness, that objective discernment, not tying any emotion to it. Um, there's a time and place for emotion, absolutely. But I, when I feel like we're in this inner journey, this inner, growth, this inner evaluation, you have to put an objective lens to it if you want to make the progress, right? We're just gathering the data. We're just going to look at the data. And then we're going to use our adult brain, not the wounded inner child, but our adult brain, right? To be like, okay, what do I carry forward? Where do I need to dive deeper and really work on that? And that's the, when I say it's a part of the journey, part of the process, like we can't do that overnight, right? So when I'm there coaching, it's like, Let's look at the data together. Let's talk about this together. Let's talk about the blind spots together. I'm here to support your journey. I can't do the work for you. Yeah, something, what you said there at the beginning was going to trigger me to ask a question that you already answered, but that those outer voices versus your inner voice, that I think is the hardest place and to not not get emotional, not get yeah. frustrated by the things that people say to you. Um, one yeah. of the things I just did a TikTok yesterday about something that I saw on Instagram the night before, but it was uh, talking about, and I think I may have posted it on Facebook. I don't remember, but um, it's talking about how um, this woman was told that she was intimidating and her friend stopped the person who said it and said, wait a minute, are you, is she intimidating or you, or are you are intimidated? You? I love that. And I was like, oh, because that is absolutely like in my 46 years of life, that is probably the comment I've gotten more than any other is that I'm intimidating. And I'm like, so then I asked them, I'm like, why? What what about me is intimidating? And then I think that intimidates them further. So it's like, mm, I'm never right, getting the right. right answer. But like, it made me think about it. Like, am, is what I'm doing intimidating? Or is it just really that the other person is intimidated? Because I've been operating on the idea that I'm intimidating and trying to like reel it back a little bit so that I'm not intimidating people. But what if it wasn't like me at all? Like it's just their stuff coming up and being intimidated by me. And then me rolling it back just like causes all of my own issues. And it's just like a shit storm, honestly. Oh yeah. That's one of my favorite phrases is watch what you make it mean. And that's something I do with my clients is it's in that evaluating the data is like, what are you making that to mean about you? Yeah. Right. And, and again, you as the adult get to decide if you're going to continue letting it mean that about you. 
right? Yeah. And it goes back to it, intellectually, we know this, but emotionally, emotional maturity is when you can say, I hear what they're saying and I don't need to take that on. I don't need to make it mean anything about me. That's their view. And, right. and not a, not a, oh, I feel sorry about that for them, but it's, it's empathy, right? It's like, what is going on in their life that they're intimidated? What is their past? What is their unresolved traumas, et cetera? Um, and then the empathy for that of like, that's not me. That's their, that's their thing. Right. Yeah. And that, that, that is a really good point. Like, honestly, just like under that, what was I going to say? It, it ties back to something that I've always thought about just interacting with other people that, um, oh, when somebody like when a client or a friend or whatever, like oddly negatively responds to something that you say in a way that they normally wouldn't. And I've gotten really, really good at being like, mm -hmm. you know what, I'm, I'm just going to believe that whatever this situation was, wasn't really about me. It was about something mm -hmm. else that happened in their day. And I can just like not take this personally and move on without letting it affect me. Um, yeah. So it's really easy to do that in the moment. But when it's like something that people say about you more again and often, again and again, yeah, then you're just like, well, maybe it is me, but, but not everybody feels that way about me. So it's right. like, how do right. you, how do you differentiate between those things? Like, you know, clearly yeah, it's not, yeah. I'm not about me, but you know, sometimes it is about you. So like that, that's such the, that's the thing I think I'm struggling with the most right now. And I think a lot of people struggle with is mm -hmm. that like, I, I do believe that this is not accurate necessarily, but how do I, you know, yeah. how, do you, how do you differentiate that? Well, and I go, I go back to the relationship with yourself and that's having a strong sense of self identity, right? Yeah. I choose to be the person who acts X, Y, Z in a certain situation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, for you and, and I'm not here to coach you obviously, no, but no, it's no, like, yeah. you know, it's that, that inner inquiry that, that evaluating and I'll, um, you know, it's, it's that I, I'll ask myself, was I the asshole? Right. Yeah. And like, yeah. sometimes I am right. right? Sometimes I was, yeah. But I'm going to not make it good, bad, right, or wrong. I'm instead going to say, okay, well, when I'm in that situation again, or I'm with that a person again, A, do I need to apologize or be like, hey, I really don't like how I handled that. That's not who I want to be, right? Right. Um, you know, and like, how how do I want to show up in a similar situation, right? But it's that awareness, that honesty, that integrate, that in, um not integration, but interrogating yourself. Mm -hmm. That's a strong word, right? But it goes back to that self-identity. It's like, you know, am I an intimidating person? Well, sometimes I am, right? Yeah. And in those situations, is there a different way I want to show up next time? Right. Okay. And not yeah. detract from your whatever... There, there's something good about being, you know, I'll, I'll put intimidating in quotes. I'm not saying you are intimidating, but there's, there's a gift that's in there. There's like something good that comes out of whether it's drive, passion, there's like good stuff in there. Yeah. And, you know, and I think of a dial, right? Like, where do you need to turn the dial up? And where do you sometimes need to turn the dial on, on whatever yeah. that that thing is that makes people say, oh, you intimidate me. 
I guess I've been recently using it as a litmus for like, well, you're obviously not a person that exactly. I need to work with or anything else because, you know, we're not going to get anywhere. Um, right. And other people see it as a, a push, you know, like I push them to do better. And that's, I'm just, I'm, you know, using it as that litmus. Um, I love piece, that as a litmus. Yeah. Just that's, yeah, that's what, how I've had to do it. Um, I feel like there are so many women specifically it, that are our age-ish, you know, like 40s, mm-hmm. early 50s, whatever, um, who have been less than who they are because mm-hmm. of, of things that people in their lives have said to them in the past. Um, how do you tell people, like, what would your advice be to somebody who is realizing that about themselves, that they are not like fully showing up as themselves because they were Mm -hmm. hurt by something somebody said or whatever. And, but it's definitely impacted their self-worth, but they want to be differently. They want to show up differently. Yeah. So our past definitely impacts our present, right? There's no way, no way around that. It absolutely does. But I firmly believe we get to shape our future. We get to create our future. And that's where I do a lot of future self work with my clients in that. And and it goes back to like, well, who do I want to be? Right? How do I want to show up in a certain situation? And then you practice it, you don't expect, you know, we're also a bunch of us perfectionists, right? So you have to like, it's like, we're not going for perfection here. Like we're going for messy, imperfect, getting it wrong more often times than we get it right to start, but we're practicing, right? <clears throat> but it's making those declarative statements. I am the person who, you know, is, um, I'm the person who believes in myself. I am the person who believes she's worthy. And, and then acting, I can't stress enough the action, right? The action, the practice, the acting as if, um, but it's, and it go back to like, we're going to collect a whole bunch of data, We're going to look some at the past, some at the present and some at what your future is. And you're going, it's like, you know, in, in life design, we talk about deconstructing and then reconstructing, deconstructing and looking, saying, here are the ingredients I have to work with. And then putting it back together, reconstructing it back together into something that you want to be who you want to be moving forward. I love that so much. And just giving yourself I, I guess it's it's kind of forgiving yourself for the yeah. things that you have done in the past. And you really can't forgive other people until you forgive yourself. I think I firmly believe like you have to be able to forgive yourself to be able to mm-hmm. put it behind you and move forward and remind yourself that the way that you acted at that time was because you didn't know better, but now exactly. you do. So do better. So do better. Yeah. yeah. It's like, who, who do I, who's the person I want to be? what do I want to do? What do I want to have in my life and have, I don't say that from a material perspective. Like I want to have more fulfillment, more joy, more impact, more purpose. Like all, you know, what, what's important to you. And that's where, again, we can't undo the past. We absolutely can't. So doing the work to accept it. Right. And, and being like, okay, here, here are the, the things I'm taking away from it. And then present, you know, having a vision of who you want to iterate into and then acting or taking action in the present is going to sh- turn, you know, it's going to shape you into that future 
that you envision. But it starts with having a clear vision of who is that person that I even want to be? What do I have to work with? What do I want to not lose about myself? What do I want to stop doing with myself? And what do I want to start doing? Right? Right. So how do you, I think one of the bigger things about, you know, deciding who you want to be and moving in that direction is all of the people that are around you that have known the old version of you. Mm, So how uh do you deal with they, them, um, not believing that you're actually changing or Mm -hmm. sometimes, um, making it harder to change because they keep bringing up who you used to be. Yeah. You know, I, I think of honest, compassionate conversations um, of, you know, if something is, it's having the awareness that if someone, if you, if you, if you have a close relationship with someone and they're continually bringing you back to who you were, putting your brave pants on and having that, again, a compassionate, kind, honest conversation with them, like not being like, oh my God, I can't believe it, but just like, hey, we've talked about this before, you know, it, I would rather have your support than not. I would rather have your friendship than not, but I also need you to recognize I'm making changes, right? And I think of, if we go back to empathy for the other person, the other person's probably scared, you know, feeling a little fearful that, well, what if I don't fit in their life anymore? And so understand, like having that empathy and understanding where they're coming from and then speaking to those, right? Like, I understand you might, like our friendship is not going anywhere, but I really need to set some boundaries here. Um, And part of that, you know, it's not going to feel comfortable at first, but if nothing changes, nothing changes, right? Right. And so it's, you know, part of that self-identity, that strong self-identity is I'm the person who's willing to have uncomfortable, awkward conversations because it means that much to me. That is a really, really good way to frame it of like, it's important to me. And this is why Mm -hmm. I want to have these hard conversations, not just that I want to tear you down or you to tear me down or anything else. It's just, if, if I'm going to do better, we have to do better. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Very yeah. Nice. And, and again, I say this all, it is easier said than done. I have eight years. So my, my story really started in 2015, even though I'm 53 years old. Um, but that's kind of when my, my transformation, if you will, happened. Um, but it takes time and it takes being kind and to ourselves, to others. Um, and I think, again, as much as you can think of the other person and what they may be experiencing and understanding that and then having that conversation to try to address their fears. And, you know, some relationships may not make the cut. It's not good, bad, right, or wrong. It's just run its course. Yeah, I think I really love the whole idea that you give off of, you know, if removing emotion from it because I think that's where we all really stumble the most is that we allow emotion to be part of it Mm -hmm. and I mean emotions have their place but not absolutely (laughs) not in this at all yeah well and it's you know an easy way to say to to kind of check in with yourself is like am I having a knee-jerk reaction here yeah if I am what do I need to do to kind of calm my own nervous system right put my adult brain front and center, not my wounded inner child or lizard brain. Right. And it might not be the right time to have that conversation. 
You know, it might be saying, hey, we need to put a pin in this. I'm going to come back to this later, but I need a chance to kind of re- regroup and, you know, et cetera. It's, it's okay to say these things to people. It yeah. is absolutely okay. And here's the thing too, you modeling this is going to help others right? Right. Everyone gets to have their own journey, their own experience here on earth, but you modeling it they're over time, if they see you doing it enough and see like how it's impacting your life, they're going to start wanting to do that. They'll start naturally doing it because you've modeled it for them. And all of a sudden we have more emotionally intelligent, aware people walking around, which means less hurt people hurting people. Right. Yeah. It's like win-win. (laughs) Win-win. Well, thank you so much for being here with me. Is there anywhere I can send people specifically like that you you want people to, your socials, website, et cetera? Yeah. So my website is jenvertinen.com and my Instagram is underscore love your damn life. Um, I'm building up (laughs) my TikTok. Yeah. I love your damn life, which is why I love she owns her life. Like we're simpatico here. (laughs) Absolutely. Definitely. Um, yeah, your whole, uh, when you go visit Jen's stuff, you'll see, you know, she's got a lot of looking at your future self and Mm -hmm. like loving your 80 year old self. And I love that so much. My grandma's in her eighties right now. So I I have a lot of looking forward to what I'm going to be like when I hit that point. And yeah, just, I, I've had really good models of women who, um, do their own thing and like are, are fully capable of taking care of themselves. And, you know, they, they have men in their lives. They love the men in their lives, yep. but they are also fully themselves. themselves. Uh, I love that. So I'm, I'm in the moment struggling with those things, but like, I, I can feel myself moving in that direction and all the stuff that you put out in the world really helps actually like you're, you're making a big difference in my life. So thank you, thank you. for all you're doing. Thank you. Well, I can't wait to see how she owns her life. Um, to hear the other speakers talk about self-worth and, and all the things. I love what you're up to. Yeah, I have some really good people that are doing yeah. these conversations with me. So I'm really excited about it too. So, all right. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to the She Owns podcast. If you're interested in learning more about what She Owns is all about, head over to sheowns.org. Whether you're needing support around your business or your life, we've got you covered. Our all-in-one business suite gives you all the tools you need to run an online business. And She Owns Her Life is a year-long program aligned to the seasons to help us return to a natural rhythm, reclaim our wild power by rediscovering who we are, and relearn how to be our strong, independent selves in a world that wants us to conform. Head over to sheowns.org and learn more.